Welcome to Tech at Lunch, the podcast that satisfies your hunger for all things tech while you enjoy your midday meal. So grab your sandwich, tune in, and let's dig in. Hello, Nick. Hello, Matt. Hey, I'm John. And, you know, this week we're kind of going to go down our, um, I guess you can say, the uh, preventive maintenance rabbit hole one more time. And I think we're going to uh, bring it to a uh, kind of a conclusion with a wrap-up episode. You know, last week we, we kind of talked about the, you know, what happens, you know, if something goes wrong. Yeah. And, you know, that we, we, you know, what we like to also nickname our doom and gloom. Yeah, it was a little um, episode. Um, a little dark. Morbid curiosity is pretty much what that was. You um, should have a plan for when things go bad. I mean, we, you, right. you, you want to prepare for the best. You want everything to go well, but if you don't plan for the worst, right, it's gonna happen. And you know the thing is, is everybody's got one of those grim reapers in their front yard. Um, you know that's always standing there, going, "Hey, guess what? You know this is gonna screw up today." Um, and if you're not prepared for it, then guess what? That that particular grim reaper will win. And you know that's also called the gremlins that hide in your equipment. Mm. Yeah. So what you, what you, what, yeah, <laughs> that too. So when you when you think about like what we talked about last week. Um, I know Ed, you weren't here. Um, you know, join us on that one, but is pretty much the doom and gloom episode where you know you know this downtime, you know that's going to happen. And it's just preparing for it. Well, I think it's basically wrapped up in two terms, and we'll keep it short. So basically, you're going to do a, a risk analysis and mm-hmm. a failure analysis. So a risk analysis basically says that you know that uh, there are a certain uh, circumstances or certain situations that you will have downtime. So there will be some downtime for all equipment, mm-hmm. you know, uptime or downtime. Um, or, you know, you can have a mean time between failures or before failures. Um, but basically the, the risk analysis basically lets you say, hey, this is the amount of risk we take by what we have in the equipment. The failure analysis tells you, hey, this is the life cycle and this is what we expect the uh, life expectancy to be of certain equipment. It's just a fact, you know. So I'll take that a step further. I know you wanted to be quick, but like, Mm -hmm. so you talk about failure, you talk about risk. So uh, I think that's something, I can't remember if we really harped on it too much. You should be doing a risk assessment when you're introducing something into your system. Also, you should do a risk assessment once you've, uh, if you're changing something, a process and adding something to mm-hmm. that process, that's mm-hmm. still, you should still do another risk assessment. And, you know, the, fu- the fun part is when you talk about risk assessments, um, the new guy should also be on top of your your, your risk assessment. Oh, humans are factors too. Um, you know, especially if they're brand new and the end of the situation. Um, or yeah. if you get new guy with experience from other plants um, or with other equipment. Don't you know, worry, I got this guy. Yeah, exactly. The, the <laughs> oops, um, I'll fix it. Um, they you know, do this all the time. Yep. Guy. Yep, those are the ones you want to worry know. about. <laughs> so I'll, I'll give you like three simple things on that, like just in, in example. So I, I gave what I was thinking about when we're talking risk analysis and failure analysis. So here's an example. We can do both from hu- human or machine. Um, so from a, I mean, a human perspective, when you do a risk analysis, you say, well, hey, I'm going to do some uh, input verification. You know, so basically a person can't put in, if I say it has to be letters, a person can't put in numbers. It'll say put in a valid a valid uh, name. You yeah. know, alpha, not alpha you know, numeric. You know, 
So that's that's some things you can do with operators. Or I have recipes so that the person does not have to do any configuration on the machines because I've already gotten with the uh, engineering team. The engineering team is giving me the parameters. The production team has told me what we expect. Here's the ratio that we're going to run per day. You know, that could change. Mm. And then the recipes take care of that. And then from a third point of view, you use visual management. There is some type of uh, visualization there that gives a step-by-step um, process for the person to do that, but you vet that person before they do that process. Mm-hmm. So you give that person the, the steps. This person goes through a, a short um, um, test, and if that person doesn't understand the steps, you go back until that person understands the steps. So those are the things you can do from the, the, the human perspective. From the machine perspective, you know, that that's where you get into preventive, yeah. proactive, uh-huh. you know, not reactive. So you have to be proactive and because the manufacturer gives you recommendations, you figure if those recommendations work for the plan you have in place for the production you're trying to do. Yeah. Preventive is some of the things you use to prolong some of those things because you know you've done a proactive or you've done some um some analysis to say that I know that this could be a failure point. Mm-hmm. Right. Which so, makes sense. So you do checks yeah. or you make sure you have lubrication. Mm-hmm. But those are some of the things that I would do from, say, a doom gloom. Yeah, you want to yeah. avoid, I mean, yeah. corrective happens because standards change, so you have right. to fix a system. Right. And, and of course, downtime happens, so you have to do cor- uh, corrective uh, at right. those times. So, right. I mean, all things considered, if you're doing all the steps that we talked about, you really can avoid the doom and gloom, um, but but Ed, you, you're like dealing with a new guy by prepping and planning and showing and and then testing oh, and validation, right? Um, but like you can even do some of that validation with the checklist we talked about. Right, exactly. It's like uh, you can you can yeah maybe not PMCS. maybe maybe you make it simple and it says task one two three four five, but maybe you say task one here's the steps to complete task one. And then do that, and then that person is learning as they're completing their checklist. Yeah. So it's it's yeah, yeah. I mean it's it's two birds one stone, but there's yeah. a lot of situations like that. that and we, the thing is, is you know do. hopefully you know with that you know as we get into you know out of the you know as as you get into like the, the checklist type of stuff, the, the use of cell phones and the ability to scan a QR code when you come up to a piece of equipment, and it's do step one. Okay, I've confirmed I've done step one. Here's okay now. Here's step two. I've confirmed I've done step two. Now I have written confirmation that you've done all the steps. You know, so if for some certain reason, you know, if your last step is did you get all your tools and you say yes, and now I've got a wrench floating around in the printer, um, yeah, I kind of know that you didn't do all your steps. Mm-hmm. And but you agreed to it, you yep. know, and and now you you're ending up into you know. The you know punish does the punish does the pun does the does the, the reward equal punishment, you know at that point which you know corrective action is hey don't do that again, you know don't confirm that you've done that you've yeah. done something without doing your job. Now if it happens more than once, then corrective action takes effect again. And either a it's like okay cool we'll put you on remedial training for a little bit until something happens, um, or. You know, I, I believe in the world of pain through compliance. As long as they can clean the equipment, that's fine. I'm like, and you're going to do that every single day now for the next couple of days until you learn that you should keep your crap out of the same equipment. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, I won't I, I, fire you. Believe yeah. me. I'll, I'll, I'll work you. 
and you know pray that you quit. So I would say like, that's basically the algorithm. <laughs> what you're talking about, I I think you could take it a step forward. I, I think you could bring it more into the to the present day. So right. what I mean by is in the new with all the technology we have. Oh yeah. There's machine learning. So the machine itself can say no. Yeah, I need this. This is not going to start, or I'm not going to do whatever until this step happens. Right. So when you validate from your smart technology, your smartphone or tablet or whatever mm-hmm. device you're using, the machine is going to say, well, I know what step I'm supposed to be in. I'm not in that step. Right, exactly. Well, you can't advance. And the thing is, it's all... So yeah. use the technology. Obviously, the, we don't want the technology to stop the line and we don't produce. Right. But the technology should be like a check. Like that's why the, the technology is the checklist. Someone messed up something and they put a sign up. So yeah, that, that, that's why you have warning labels on things. Like some warning labels <laughs> and some warning labels you have to look at and kind of wonder. Um, yeah, somebody did that. Yeah, it's, how did we end up with this? Hundred percent. Someone had well, to do it. ask legal. So they had yeah, to really say ask uh, legal to tell you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We don't talk about this. Um, <laughs> right. Blemish. You know, but and the thing is, is you know, you always take all the data that you're getting out of this stuff and you know, throw it into your management system that me and Ed talked about and, you know, build that process out. You know, manage it, keep the data secure and inbound where you can go back and look at it. You know, you should always keep yourself for a couple of years to document retention. But you should also also be able to go back and look at it. So if you have it through like a an MQTT or smart interface, you know, you're able to track that stuff and go yeah. back and take a look at it. You know, Power BI is your friend. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, that's 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 part of the data analytics we've talked about in previous episodes. Maybe not in this series, but like we we talked about predictive um, or preventative. I'm sorry, we talk about preventative. We talk about corrective. We we, we touch barely on predictive. But if you're not using, you know, these data data points you're getting mm-hmm. from your sensors and your switches and your failure points and your downtime, if you're not learning, that I think that the biggest word. Or the best the best phrase um, you can use for like a, an incident if a downtime were to occur is like what is your containment so right. what did you do to contain the problem and then what are you doing to not only contain the problem in the moment but contain the problem overall uh, how are you correcting the process now like how are we moving forward with this because yeah like like you were saying Ed it, it's you know we want to minimize downtime mm-hmm. but we say minimize because you can't rule out downtime it's got to you need to right. do maintenance at some point there's no there's no way it and, and you know it's like if you start talking talk about printers you start getting into the fact that okay cool i'm getting a layer shift here or a delamination process problem here yeah you know what's causing that and you know how many parts have i produced that's had it like a delam mm-hmm. or a shift that got let through the process and now they're seeing over a qc yes i understand i'm producing at a you know at a, at a, at a certain rate to meet a production volume if you're producing like parts that are being sold in other locations like for instance Amazon you know you have to keep your crates to a certain level however you know how do you know that you know this stuff isn't you know being pushed through the line that's you know not been there before the thing is is looking at your data you know we talked about before data is the new oil Um, or you know did now you know for that matter is you you know, constantly have to worry about and look at, you know, how that and what you said with containment is how many pieces of build did I get that now I have to go back and either rework or scrap. Yeah. 
I don't want to continue building. And if it's like, well, I know that this came up last night. Okay, cool. That tells me that everything from the shift before you to the current shift is now suspect. And all of that must be quarantined. And the thing is, is, you know, we use quarantine not in the COVID sense. Um, it's in the, hey, let me take a look at that real quick. Validate that that didn't happen. But the thing is, is I can constantly go back and look and go, okay, cool, that's one shift. That's another shift. That's another shift. Oh, now I see the problem. And now you can tell kind of where that shift began. You go back and look at the logs. So I would say you, you probably want to do a sampling process just like most um, yeah. places Sipa. do, where they do quality control, where they take, yep. hey, we're going to take 0.5% um, of what we produce, and yep. we're going to take it to uh, a lab and do and test it against some standard. Mm -hmm. And from that standard, you should be able to say, um, hey, we need to go back and check this. Or... If you don't, if you're not able to do that with, a, say, a print farm, you might want to do a first part release, mm -hmm. and then with the mm -hmm. first part release, at least you know the first one, yeah. and then maybe you have to invest in, you know, maybe adding some uh, micro microcontrollers mm -hmm. and maybe some vision technology to kind of monitor and at least let you know if it's starting to shift. Maybe you can do some things, you know, with like. Uh, like we talked about YOLO, you can use YOLO to take mm -hmm. images and learn and say, hey, I can tell by this height, mm -hmm. you know, from the images that you gave me that were the master that we off by yeah. whatever. Yeah. Stop. And it's, it's don't, yeah. don't be afraid to use, you know, consumer, uh, you know, consumer audits, you know, yeah. to, to hit your, to, te to test your, 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 your maintenance. You know, it, it's, you know, we, you know, we, it's, you'll, you'll hear them out there, you know, consumer pro product audit. You know, utilize that process to validate that I want to rate this piece of equipment or whatever to the standard that the customer, that we think the customer holds this to. Yeah. You know, if this doesn't match, okay, then what's causing the problem? I'm going to go back to the point of origin. Yeah, I mean, quality checks in general <clears throat> need to happen. Your audits, like, I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, a lot of companies are probably like, okay, well, I know that I'm, maybe I need to make a, a, a checklist for, for preventive maintenance, but what, what should I put on there? Right. Okay, well, what are your failure points? So doing an assessment, like we talked about doing a risk assessment, but that should also, that could also be a, a full assessment of what you know, your process is for maybe that section or that area, and you, you can assess your failure points. We did it. Uh, I was looking at, um, I mean, I don't know if everyone's familiar with the James Webb Telescope as the successor to the Hubble, but, but whenever that went to space, they, they, they had the most failure points for a, 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 a space mission or a satellite that that has ever had, and that was only like three hundred and like fifty something like that. So I can guarantee you, you might have somewhere more than that failure points. Yeah, yeah. Hubble had a had a failure point day one. Yeah, exactly. The lens. So so things things break immediately. So yeah. it's it's some it's one of those things where it's like okay, so analyze your failure points, use that data to to understand what's going to happen and when something might happen, and then you it's uh, we talked about it before, like when the doom and gloom hits. What's your rollback plan look like? How do you get back mm -hmm. to clean? How do you get back to your operational, um, you know, process again? And and honestly, if you can find out what your your failure points are, then you can start saying, okay, if this fails, I should do this. Yeah. Not to say that it's failed yet. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Well, this bolt has failed. Okay. What is it? Okay. The threads. All right. So we got to make sure we tap this out next time before or something like that but so. now now if you start thinking about that you start thinking about the fact that every time i do a preventative maintenance call yeah. or check i should do it like a calibration cue 
If yeah. I know I'm bumping something, I should do a calibration yeah. cube and keep a master nearby. Exactly. But now, this kind of goes up against, I guess, what you could think we were call, talking about, you know, uh, additive, when you start talking about, you know, retractive maintenance, is what I would do, honestly, is, and this kind of goes along with what we were thinking, is if you're going to do anything, you know, reactive, you know, preventative, and you do a, a cube, I want to take a master cube from the, from, the time, from the first time you print anything, so you're in the best situation you can, and inside of the lab, I want to take that cube, and I want to turn it into a retractive, you know, piece, so I want to go in there, and I want to have this cut out of billet aluminum, I want, but I want to have the the, sh the the actual piece cut out, so whenever I do create my, um, uh, my test pieces, whenever I'm doing maintenance, I just drop them in and make sure they fit, make sure they slowly, make sure they slide them off. Mm -hmm. You know, dump them out. And and you can vet those with metrology, like you know, there there are services that you can uh, vet the dimensions that you want. Yeah. Uh, you can do a go no go, or you can actually. It's like do a go no go gauge. Yeah. yeah. If you if you, you need it, you that. Yeah. Or, or if you want, maybe it's uh, aerospace related, or maybe it's something that requires you know uh, some some fine or some. Uh, tight tolerances, mm -hmm. then maybe you use metrology, you know, also yeah. to have blocks or, or like you said, have something that's verified by me metrology mm -hmm. that it, the dimensions are correct. Yeah. So when you doing your go, no go, mm -hmm. that gauge has been verified. Right. And then of course you would, you know, have to have maintenance on that gauge by, it would have to be certified once a year. Yeah. No, that makes sense. I mean, when you consider all the things that we've I mean, we've gone over, I, what, what was it, uh, checklist, we talked about uh, mechanic, we talked about mechanical, sorry, and we talked about IT side, like, and then in, in the end, we're kind of mixing everything. I mean, at the end of the day, it's all mixed together. Yeah. Um, if you're driving for, you know, your best version of your, of your system print farm or industrial mm -hmm. system, whatever, then you need to use all these things. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a plan for the, uh, for success, it should be a plan for minimal downtime and at the end of the day if you're not doing anything towards these things you're not going to have any preventive maintenance you're going to have only corrective and i doubt you last very long yeah so and, you know the thing is is you know and when you start talking about um like data retention when it comes down to preventive maintenance data retention yeah honestly i don't know how y'all feel it you know i you know you can let me know i guarantee you i'm probably wrong um happens a lot um is I think that the uh, when you do a preventive maintenance check, you should hold on to that equipment, that 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 check for equipment life, say plus a year or two, yeah, until you sell all your equipment, until you sell all products made by that piece of equipment. I mean that makes sense because like at the end of the day, the worst thing that uh, you know maintenance worker would have is that like hey. We got that old system over there. It's on the fritz again. Like, can you go look at it? Mm -hmm. If you're if you're not taking care of it, then that makes those jobs harder. But also, if you're keeping it, it's like, hey, it's on the fritz again. Okay, let me go look off this sample, which is this unit that was down last year. Let me see what that looks like. Compare it to what's going on now. Copy the the configuration over if I have to. And now we're in a good operating status again. Right. However, if you don't keep those backups like that, then. <laughs> You you've got no no place to roll back to like it's you're planning for failure. So I would say if 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 uh, a print farm is something that you're considering as a um, a business um, opportunity, 
you should be thinking more towards uh, Energy 4.0 with digitalization. You should be thinking more like a digital twin. Um, not only those documents, if you want to keep those on file as a hard copy, you need a digital copy. Mm -hmm. Configuration files should be kept digital. You should be able to take any any configuration and dump that directly into another machine to run mm -hmm. from, from a, a print farm perspective. I shouldn't have to sit and take days. I should have, it should almost be like a chef uh -huh. cooking a dish. Mm -hmm. He knows what ingredients must be, must be uh, put into the dish. You don't have dish. to like go and follow a recipe. And yeah. he knows right. how to prepare it yeah. because he's done it thousands of times. So mm -hmm. if you have that data, that data is the recipe. Mm -hmm. And then it should be easy to go from one system to another system. I, I kind of want to, like, I'm sitting here thinking about something. And I, I don't know if it's something we've talked about yet in the course of what we're doing. Um, at least inside the, the preventative maintenance pocket. I know we've kind of talked about preventative maintenance parts, but I want to see what y'all's opinion on this. Should you have or run a secondary, um, say, SAP instance? Uh, for parts or whatever, if you're going to do a, like a logistics-based system, for your preventive maintenance parts, or should you keep that inside your major freaking um, uh, warehousing subsystem? Mm. It's a fun one. <laughs> I'm going to be honest with you. I already have my answer immediately, and it's and it's separate them. Okay. Why? The, the reason the reason being is is like I don't want, you know. If, if there's a downtime on like one of my major robots, mm. like let's say I need to change a, a bed or a nozzle or a hot end fast, I'm not trying to go through and see all the rest of the items on the list. Yeah, I need to know, boom, I need to get there quick. I need to, and, and also there needs to be a different type of, uh, I guess, uh, hopefully there'd be, I mean, this is kind of dictates with what the business is asking for, but um, hopefully there's like some type of like time span, like, hey, the business orders these pieces. It'll it'll show up maybe in three days, business days. But if maintenance is ordering it, we need somebody delivering it in a couple hours. Right. Or we need it delivered now. So that's that's kind of the main topic that I that while I would bring that up. I mean, mm -hmm. I, I get it. It's a different environment that you'd have to spin up, and it, and it is a little bit of extra work. But at the end of the day, it's about the response time. Yep. And if you can get these, like, yes, if the world was perfect, and we asked in advance for everything that we're going to need in every single situation we wouldn't need to expressly order consumables mm -hmm. but the world is not a perfect place chemicals don't react perfectly every single time you have random issues and failures that happen everywhere so i think a focus like that would make sense to me i mean i don't know what do you think Ed? well I, w I would say maybe sap is not the solution yeah, yeah maybe it's just an idea no, I'm just saying maybe your a custom MES system is a solution, yeah. mm -hmm. and a custom MES system can compartmentalizes every system, Modular and that system hand. is running by itself. It it just sends data, so maybe maybe the 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 issue is is either SAP is not capable, or SS, SAP is not being used correctly. Mm -hmm. I don't I don't know the answer to that, but I know if you did a custom MES system then that system, yeah. which is difficult. Mm -hmm. uh, what, I'm, what I'm saying is not something simple. Yeah, it's not like a one-pager you can yeah. just throw up. But, but if you made your own custom MES system, then that system can talk to all the other systems, mm -hmm. and the warehousing system is separate from the actual, you know, where I'm monitoring the system and, and pulling parts or whatever. 
But you should also know that the life of whatever that printer is, you should understand the consumables. And you should also understand the lives of each of those parts. Of course, you don't want to order one of each thing because that's expensive. Uh -huh. But you should yeah. at least have an idea what will and what will not prove predictive. Yeah. You, you know, yeah. and I think as I agree with both of you, I, I also do. One thing, I th and I, I think that the, just splitting them up and having them part of the MES system, I think is, is, is you know, dual system is, is, is the best alternative. Think about this, okay? The, you know, 7-Elevens mm. in Japan, that they don't have anybody working there doing checkouts. That you just pretty much grab, you walk in. Like 24 hours? Right. They don't even have security? Right. Somebody standing outside? Yeah, no, nothing. Camera. No, that's not that. Camera, you got a guy in well, the you, well, the thing is, you also have at the airports now. When yeah. you walk in, you, st you take what you need. Yeah, it's just oh, leave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know it's and it automatically, you they know, deducts it. it. Yeah, yeah. It, it automatically deducts it. If you're, yeah. you're like, I've cleared your bank account. Don't worry about yeah. it. But it's you like, have that Snickers. It's like it automatically deducts it out of your Amazon account. So it yeah. automatically dings you on no, Amazon. That makes sense. So the thing is, is why can't I do that with preventive maintenance parts? If I need a nozzle, or I need a bearing or something like that. I should be able to walk into my um uh ten mil bit my area. Oh, those are always going, but you'll never find those things. Um, you know those things are very rare. Um, is you know walk into my supermarket and grab what I got to get and walk out. You know, have it flag the RFID right. system and walk out. It's going to always deduct from there. Yeah. And then I'd add everything on the backside. And there are vending systems that's used in that. Well, see, that's what I was going to say next, too, is like instead of having it open freely, you can pick it. Yeah. It's yeah. like you have a dedicated cost, and this vending machine is just counting. Yeah. Or you put your employee number in to or get one, and it's like, hey, man, you've ordered four of these in the yeah. past hour. What's going on? Like yeah. it knows when you, like I would set it where it would know what you'd badge it with your, with yeah, your, your exactly. badge. Or you walk in, you what you need to work out. See, yeah. and I like that solution better than, than uh, a, a kind of a free floating because like then then you don't have to wouldn't have to put RFIDs on specific things. You have an RFID on the machine, and your machine is just counting up or counting or logging mm -hmm. whatever you're doing. Mm -hmm. Have it like a um uh, like a like a cash register. Yeah. You walk in, beep. Okay, I'm changing this part out. Adds it. Mm -hmm. To, to its consumables or remove it from its consumables. All right, pay me three hundred dollars. No. Yeah. And you can also tie that to uh, a yeah. what is it? The, the government buying nozzles? Yeah, yeah. The government's buying nozzles. You yeah. can also get that um, vibranium <laughs> nozzle. <Yeah. laughs> you can also integrate My that with a uh, KPI system. Right. That no, you true. can track. You can track. Yeah, like hey, third shift. Hey, third shift. You guys are using twenty nozzles, and first shift doesn't even need one. What's going on? Yeah, right. and then you get trending data. Are so. you pocketing my nozzles? <laughs> like, and then you can look at parts, parts of dispatched, <clears throat> and what was happening in the line. Yeah, and you compare that data mm -hmm. and say, well, wait a minute, you know, we have an actual issue here. Yeah, no mm -hmm. one's just taking consumables, or no one's just getting parts. They actually are having failures. Why? Yeah, yeah. Which, which I mean, which happens all the time, by the way. Like small. <laughs> Small changes, like especially with robots, if you're working at an industrial level, they they don't like, they won't be like a human and and have a gut feeling that something's not normal, like because they've done it a thousand times. It just won't work. That robot's just gonna do it mm -hmm. another yeah. a thousand and one, and it's gonna rip that bolt off, or it's gonna rip that piece off, and it's gonna go on and say, "All right, next." Yeah, or <laughs> they're gonna clap hands. So, yeah. Unfortunately, there's a rule called, you know, <clears throat> the rule of bots. Yeah. Do as you told. Yeah, so exactly. If you tell it to do something, it's going to do. Yeah, exactly. Right. It's like Linux. 
But and you know, I, I just that's just something that always crossed my mind. It's like because that goes along with our management. With our, you know, how do you manage your your preventative maintenance? Mm-hmm. You know, I want to see what my trend date is every year based on what my consumables are. Mm-hmm. You know, n- not because they're you know full of consumables. If the line's ordering the parts mm-hmm. and they're being updated from logistics, that's a different story than preventative maintenance taking parts yeah. and saying let me fix this. I want to see how many emergency nozzles I'm being depl- I'm deploying to the line yeah, you can make instead, it of, too, yeah. instead of having somebody ordering them through the subs- through the system to have them delivered right you know if you're not going through an actual system saying hey I need parts and you're getting them out of the preventative maintenance cage you know that's telling me there's somebody that's either a working the system yeah and but now I see it ch- I see an uptrend in parts on one side and downtrend on another but my maintenance guys are replacing parts on a printer that they shouldn't be replacing because it's not part of right. you know regular operator maintenance and i would say one little small part because we we're getting close to uh closing is uh what do we we, we have to do something with the parts too yeah so if you get a part you should bring back a part yeah, no, that's true. And that part should be counted that's on the other end because we could maybe take those parts and, and yeah. we don't want to store them in a landfill. Maybe we want to be responsible. And recycle them. Recycle them. Mm-hmm. Repurpose them. You yeah. can upcycle something and use yeah. it for something else. I mean, to be honest with you, we, like, uh, it's something that most peop- most things should be considered for if they're u- one-use items or consumables in that sense. But, yeah, no, you, you, you need to, I would say, maintain... Um, uh, I know we talk about zero carbon uh, footprint, but it's about um, it's about the environment around your uh, your farm as well. Like it's about the workers in your farm. So like at a certain point, you need to have some type of limit that you're kind of sticking to, and just don't just don't go throwing waste away without properly right. disposing of it. Like right. that's that's just one thing is the radiation, toxic mm-hmm. plastics, micro mi- microplastics. We we have we hear about these all the time, but this is that's part of why they get everywhere. <laughs> it's like people just throw things around. And I, I would say this too, just one more note on on like when we're talking about um, parts, um, you can do things if you're gonna go to a vending system. The vending system says, "Hey, I I can only give you thirty three percent of what's in here before mm-hmm. I have to have somebody a with sign off with clearance or a." a, yeah. a a shift boss come yeah. and figure out that way you protect yourself from one shift exhausting all of the con- all of the parts needed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, that's true. You know, that's or you, you know, alert a whole second another a uh, whole different shift out yeah. because you got to go get parts now. <laughs> or engineering gets a gets an alert so they can go to the line and understand what's happening. Right. So that they can resolve whatever issue if it is an actual issue you should have real-time monitoring if you don't have real-time monitoring or alerting or some type of mqtt system that's telling Mm -hmm. you what's what's happening on your line you're always going to be reactive if if you're not constantly using your management system yeah you know like you know if you're not using your your preventive maintenance management system and your documentation checks and you know you're not maintaining your equipment correctly You know, you start really getting into some into the weeds of you're causing you're not only causing your own problems but cause problems for other people, um, and then you know that's not just going to hurt you. You know, in one pocketbook, it hits your both of them because now mm-hmm. I'm burning parts to repair a piece of equipment 
that may not be able to be fixed mm -hmm. because it's gone to the wayside and it's now you know in a state of disrepair and mm -hmm. you know is that is that why it's always good to get printers that are your print farms that are easily you know changeable or ones that are built to, to withstand some uh, industrial you know mm -hmm. needs and that's that could be a whole nother you know, a whole different episode. If we, if yeah, you talk like you want a NASCAR, or you want to get a, a, like a, a um, any one of the cars on the the Grand Prix, like the F one right. cars, mm -hmm. or you actually you want to get a, a, a truck that's gonna be like a dump truck. Like there's a, com a, a mm -hmm. complete difference. A dump truck, you're not gonna be switching out tires and gas and all that. But for that F one, like if they stop, fill it up, go. Right. Needs so, to go now. So I, I would say probably something we need to explore in the future. See, was like. So yeah. maybe you have a print farm, as an example, and we won't. I don't want to go too in depth because you know maybe we'll do another episode. Do another episode, yeah. but just think about utilization. Maybe I have twenty printers, and I only use a third of those printers are are maybe go through a a fetting. You know, make sure everything's good. Oh, we've and talked then you about only yeah. you only and if you I keep like doing that, you cycle on mm -hmm. and off the printers based on mm -hmm. your utilization that yeah. you yeah. pick. And I, th I think going into, you know, the utilization topic and also the, um, you know, the, the, the hardware choices, I think we can definitely get a, do a couple good episodes on that. Kind of like, I don't know, what a, uh, a, a, design, a design your print farm kind of um, um, yeah. uh, cool. series, I think we'll get into, you know, soon. It's, and, you know, that would be better than yours. That's fine. We'll kind we'll, of we'll kind of <laughs> we'll 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 talk about. Don't worry, you still try to build a score. Um, it's built. It's built. That's <coughs> why every time it's printed. Yep, there you go. Well, it's, um, it's spit out plastic. I don't know if you call that a print, but yeah. it heated up some plastic and dropped it on the print bed to count it. <laughs> but the thing is, is you know when we go through that, we'll talk about the different printers and stuff like that. And, you know how to build your print farm, what type of software yeah. you should probably be using and running, and also kind of how you set up your consumable part you know systems to you know kind of work through that you know and who knows you know we may have some fun stuff going on with that so you know i, I think we're getting like what ed was saying we're getting towards the end and i guess you know as we do this wrap up like we always do uh we'll kind of get everybody's final thoughts on um you know preventive maintenance because we kind of i think finally beat that rabbit to death but you know, I just want to, I'm looking at the, the numbers again, you know, I tend to, tend to dink with those things every now and then, you know, 1,844 all-time downloads, mm -hmm. you know, for me, that is freaking absolutely insane, um, and I want to say thank you to every single one of y'all, um, you know, some of y'all holding it down in some certain areas, man, that, you know, I've never been to, but I think it'd be kind of fun to go, um, so, you know, especially some of my, our, our, our Singaporean uh, you know, listeners, uh, never thought we'd be listening to you there, but you know, let us know kind of what's going on down there. You know, I'm kind of over there. I'm kind of kind of curious, kind of curious about the, the the 3D printing and additive manufacturing space. Um, you know, shoot us an email. Um, and we kind of want to talk. Um, who knows? We may do an episode with y'all and kind of or anybody doing anything interesting. Um, you know, let us know kind of what you're working on. You know, and we will definitely, you know, take a look at it. And if we think it's interesting, which we probably will, um, we'll get a hold of you and we'll do a, we'll do a, you know, over the, 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 the interwebs, uh, you know, episode. Um, so, you know, but I just want to say thank you to everybody. 
uh, we'll definitely work on that. The um, the design in your print form um, stuff, uh, you know, series coming up. And, you know, I, I want to kind of say this. If we can get enough people interested, I would like to do a kind of like a happy hour. You know, we go live for an hour. And we have conversations about, you know, 3D printing. And if you have any questions on, you know, 3D printing issues and stuff like that that you're having, you can ask us that. You know, we'd ask you to send them to us ahead of time, you know, so we could kind of see what's going on. But if there's enough interest of, you know, a possible doing like a happy hour, we kind of walk you through some issues and stuff like that. You know, that's definitely something that, you know, we would, we would definitely think about. And then, you know, of course, we have some other stuff coming. Um, the Printed Heritage is out now. Um, Y'all go take a look at that, printedheritage.com. Uh, you'll get yourself some lithophanes and some other stuff that we got going on. Um, so, you know, let us know there, kind of, you know, what y'all thinking. Um, and I think uh, we're currently planning a couple uh, YouTube videos that could be a little hilarious. Um, so uh, we'll, we'll see how that goes. Uh, they'll be a little more sciencey than, well, I guess you could say mathy than usual. Um, so some of y'all math nerds will enjoy that. Um, but you know, for me, I say thank you. You know, I really do. Um, we love y'all. We we wholly appreciate it, and you know, we hope that you know we have some conversation with some of y'all. And who knows, maybe you can come out and visit. So you know, from my side, I say thank you. And uh, you know, with a preventive man in the side house, do it. It's needed. Um, you know, don't let it slack. Because uh, if you let it slack, everything else slacks. It's more expensive. Exactly. Your stuff is going to break. So remember to pass on the other two. Y'all have a good one, and we'll talk to you later. So like I said, I would just like to say we appreciate you guys, uh, you know, supporting us. We appreciate uh, everybody that's listening. Um, if you guys are interested, like Nick said, maybe we could try to do a live chat where we do some things live if that's not possible or – you know, maybe maybe we don't have enough support for that. We'll get there. Um, maybe we can do a Q and A. You know, you send in some uh, some questions, and we do some. I'll give you some answers, or uh, maybe some people local. Also, if anybody that's local, mm -hmm. let us know. We could you know do a meet and greet somewhere. Uh, mm -hmm. But uh, we appreciate the support. Turn mm -hmm. it over to John. Yeah, like like and ask me anything. I think that'll work. I think mm -hmm. that'll that'll be nice. Um, but yeah, guys, uh, I always echo these guys. Very appreciative, very thankful. Um, you know, didn't think anybody would even care to listen about some of these things, so it's nice to hear that some people are. Um, uh, as far as the universities and things like that, we, we definitely, since we went to Rapid, we've talked to a few universities, you know, Mich uh, Mississippi State, we talked to, we was that Maine, uh, Maine University, we talked to, um, we didn't talk to Penn State, but Penn State's got an added manufacturing program, they do. so... Like all I'm saying is, is if if you're overseas and and you've got projects that you're working on with your university and you're saying, hey, maybe we have a tough time with funding and things like that, if you partner up with the U.S. university as well, we can help with getting contacts and things like that. Then that'll help you with your projects. So yeah, it'll also be nice for us and enriching because we get to see the work, and it's just interesting to us. So like yeah. honestly, we're just learning about the. And, we, and the matters. thing is, is we may jump in there and get involved with you. Yeah, exactly. Good. Anything we can do to help. I mean, it's the same help thing. Out. We just want just involve us. We can like we'll tell you if we don't have an answer. You know, we'll tell you if we might have we might have an answer. You know what I'm saying? So at the end of the day, um, you know, reach out to us. Uh, if you've got any topics you want us to cover, if you've got any projects you want us to cover or questions or anything like that, um, just 
reach out and uh, stay tuned, guys. We got some some pretty funny stuff, some pretty cool stuff coming down the pipe. All right, y'all. Have a good one. Take care. That's all for this episode of Tech at Lunch. Thanks for tuning in and joining us for this tech-filled lunch break. We hope you enjoy the show, and don't forget to subscribe on all channels. And also, you can find us on YouTube under Volcanar Technology Solutions. And join us for our next episode, which gets published every Wednesday at 8 a.m. All right, y'all. Have a good one. See you later.